Hey, welcome back to the Rooted to Live podcast. This is episode number six of the Path to Happiness series, and we've been considering what Jesus describes as the truly blessed or happy or deeply contented person is, what that life looks like, found in Christ's teachings in the beginning of the book of Matthew, uh, chapter 5. Let me read for you what we see here in Matthew 5. Now when he, that is Jesus, saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him, and he began to teach them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. And that's where we are today, right there, verse 8 of Matthew chapter 5. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. What it looks like Christ is saying here is that when we hunger and thirst for righteousness, which is longing for God's righteousness to fill us and spill out of us, we then begin to demonstrate God's righteousness in forms like mercy, and then beyond that, purity of heart. The basic meaning of the word pure pertains to being clean or free from that which creates competition. Some describe it as being free from moral guilt. The word for pure here means undivided or unmixed. So Jesus is teaching about having an undivided heart or an undivided will and allegiance. Recently, I was able to visit with a friend uh, who came uh, from out of town to stay with my family for a few days, and he's from the area that I live here in Raleigh, North Carolina originally, and uh, he um, wanted to go to the fair. Uh, the, the state fair is here, uh, or is held here uh, every year in our state capital of Raleigh. And so uh, we went to the state fair together, and um, having gone there several times, I already know what's going to happen in my mind, in my heart, my my appetite is going to be divided. I want to try a little bit of everything. Well, that's not totally true. I don't want to try a Krispy Kreme bacon cheeseburger. Uh, again, I've done that once, and that was probably sin. But uh, going to the fair and trying things, there's an invitation to be divided in your will. How much... Do you, can you afford how much can you take in with the deep fried candy or um, the, the steak sandwiches or the ice cream or all these different things they have at the fair? Uh, maybe it's the same for you. You've been divided in your affections or maybe when you go to the store, you know you only have so much money and you have to pick, pick up a couple things, but will you be divided in your allegiance of should you buy what you need or buy what you want? All these kind of things. It's hard to decide when our will is divided. And we can actually be the same toward God. Uh, In the context of what Jesus is describing, the truly happy person is experienced by one who's wholehearted or not divided in will or allegiance. The reason why Jesus would use the word heart is because of the understanding that the heart is where all of life flows. Proverbs chapter 4 verse 23 says it like this, Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. It's the innermost self. That's where the heart is in Scripture. It's, it's where we store our emotions, our desires, our appetites, and will. An Old Testament parallel to this teaching by Jesus is found in a song written by King David in Psalm 23. I'm going to read for you verses 3 and 4 and then verse 6. 
Who may ascend to the mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? The one who has clean hands and a pure heart, who does not trust in an idol or swear by a false god. Such is the generation of those who seek him, who seek your face, God of Jacob. What David means by a pure heart is one that is truthful and free from deceit. When our hearts are full of deceit, we long for two things, not one thing. Purity of heart is to will one thing, namely to seek the face of the Lord. Think about this. Uh, I don't know how many decades ago kind of became more of a thing in, in Christianity here in the States, but for men to join together and have accountability groups. Maybe it's one-on-one or a small group of men. They might meet somewhere early at a restaurant for breakfast and they call it accountability group. And I think the point of it is to share uh, the intimate details of life, of how life is going, is there holiness happening, is there righteousness, um, but also to be honest and to confess sin so that they may be healed of, healed of guilt. Um, but oftentimes what happens is men are torn. They want to have accountability groups, but they want the other men in the group to think that they're a really good guy. So they hesitate when they talk about how the week was going. They say, well, it's been really good. And so every week for 52 weeks, everything's been awesome. Maybe there's rarely confession of sin. So there's a being a, being torn there, a divided heart. They want accountability groups. But they also don't really want people to think much less of them if they've gone into those secret areas of sin. And let me just speak to that. Um, there is a blessing in being in the light. Uh, to confess our sins that we might be healed, to confess our sins to one another, um, that is a beautiful command that's actually for our good. Uh, it, it's, it's to our good to share those things and to see the forgiveness of God through the eyes of another person saying, thank you for sharing that with me. Grab a hold of the forgiveness that's already waiting for you from God. Um, so the idea of an accountability group is beautiful, but we lack a pure heart when we go to group not planning on being sincere, authentic, not being ready to to give love and look for love in those ways, uh, in those community, one-anothering kind of ways. So we want others to think we're good, but we have no plans to change sometimes. That's not wholehearted. Yet, God's ultimate co- command is of, of is one of a wholehearted love. In the Old Testament law, we read in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 5, and then Jesus teaches the same in Matthew chapter 22, verse 37. Love the Lord your God with, with all your heart, of course. Not with part of your heart, not with a double or divided heart, but with all of your heart, your soul, and with all of your mind. Toward the end of the New Testament, we see more about having a pure heart. This is found in James chapter 4, verse 8. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Wash your your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded, the text says. That's just like Psalm 24. Who are the people who need clean hands and pure hearts anyway? I would say those of us when we're considered double-minded. Double-mindedness is the desire or will for two things. And for the believer, those two things usually are both wanting God and not wanting God what God wants. So that's the double-mindedness there. It's wanting two things, both wanting God and not wanting what God wants. So the impurity of double-mindedness is explained a few verses before in this James chapter 4 verse text, start, starting in verse 4. Chapter 4 verse 4, it says, You adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world means enmity against God? Therefore, anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. So the double-minded man of verse 8 in James chapter 4 has his heart divided between the world and God. Like someone who has a spouse and dating others on the side. The pure heart is the heart that is seeking God and not the lies of the world. 
And it's when we allow the lies of the world to invade our hearts that from, uh, to invade our hearts, uh, I don't want to say that, that from the heart comes our actions. That's what happens when we allow the lies of the world to invade our hearts. So then from the heart comes our actions. Look what Jesus says about harder. Let me read for you. Matthew chapter 15, verses 18 through 19. But the things that come out of the person's mouth come from the heart, Jesus says, and these defile them. For out of the heart comes evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual morality, theft, false testimony, and slander. My heart has produced such things in my life, even since coming to know know Jesus. So what can I do? You know, maybe you've thought the same thing. I've done these things, Jesus. What, What can I do about it? What can any of us do about it? Uh, Proverbs chapter 20 verse 9 says, Who can say, I have made my heart clean, I am pure from my sin. Every one, of, every one of us, of course, falls short of God's standard of purity. So then, who could ever see God as the promise in Matthew chapter 5 gives us? Well, Jesus actually gives us the answer. He has the answer. In Matthew chapter 19 verse 26, relating to entering God's kingdom and seeing God, Jesus says, With men it is impossible But with God, all things are possible. And so now here's the gospel. God the Father sent God the Son, Jesus, to make what is impossible on our own now possible. Through faith, in relationship with Jesus Christ, in the life and work and ministry, the death and resurrection of Christ, purity is created for us and in us so that we can then draw near to God. So not only does Jesus have the answer for us, Jesus is the answer. So that's another aspect of possessing a pure heart. A pure heart emerges in us when we allow God to deal with the impurity of our hearts. If we're willing, he will deal with everything that is competing with him in our lives. Since behaviors flow from what is in the heart, Jesus wants to change us starting at the heart level, not at the behavior level. Interestingly enough, many times people get that backwards. I remember early on in ministry, um, I remember speaking with a gentleman who had just come to know Jesus, but he was telling me a story about his hesitancy to come to church before he came to know Christ because he had believers telling him that he had to clean up his act before ever going to a church. I remember specifically him telling me like the last thing he had to kick was this habit of smoking because some Christians told him that he can't come to church if he continues to smoke. And then he can come to Jesus once he quits doing that. Well, Jesus did not come into the world simply because we have some habits that need to be broken. Jesus came to create new hearts that will then, in time, result in our behaving like him from a pure heart. But without him, it's impossible. But another distraction here, another thing that gets in the way is sometimes we try to do it on our own, don't we? See, the best our world can offer are attempts to solve heart-soul problems by addressing behavior. Think about this. Why do... Um, why do weight loss pills um, in the businesses of the weight loss pill industry, why does that work? Why do they exist? Because people were willing to take a pill but not change their behaviors. Or think about like debt consolidation plans. It doesn't mean that people plan on not getting more in debt, but they want to work with a company that will consolidate their debt. Maybe it's at a cheaper rate, but it doesn't touch the heart. It looks at behaviors of things, but those two industries don't really get to the heart. God starts with the heart, and then change comes from the inside out. Hmm. Why do we turn to food or shop for things we don't need? And God can say the same thing to us. Why do you turn to these things, and why do you try to purchase things you don't really need? Why don't you turn to me? See, that's where God's Spirit goes when dealing with the heart. 
If you want to be pure in heart, by faith pursue Jesus. Just draw near to God. And he will do the spiritual surgery, the heart transplant. He will give you his heart. This is why one might pray something like what we see in Psalm 51 verse 10. Create in me a clean heart, O God. And I think God will do it. We see it described in the life of a new Christian in Acts chapter 15 verse 9. God purified their hearts by faith, the text says. That's really where the happiness comes from in all this. The painful process of dying to ourselves and seeing God at work in and through us. Look again at what Jesus says, or consider again what Jesus says about happiness. This is Matthew chapter 5, and our verse today was verse 8. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. What does it mean to see God? Usually we think of seeing God when we die, like when we go to heaven. Uh, That's true for those who are truly followers of Jesus, but there's more. Seeing God is also experiencing him personally daily until we see him with our eyes. It's seeing God at work in our lives, purifying our hearts. So how have you seen God changing your heart over time? There, There are some that just cannot see God at work because they are spiritually blinded by the impurity of their heart. In John chapter 9, Jesus speaks of this, starting in verse 39. He says, For judgment I have come into this world, so that the blind will see, and those who see will become blind. Some Pharisees who were with him heard him say this and asked, What, are are we blind too? Jesus said, If you were blind, you would not be guilty of sin. But now that you claim you can see, your guilt remains. See, the religious elite couldn't see Jesus for who he is. They were spiritually blind. Sin clouds the heart so that one cannot see God accurately. Right now, do you have eyes to see him? Are you blinded by your sin or blinded by um, the impurity of of heart or self-righteousness even? I'm guessing most believers desire to see God face to face in his kingdom. But do we desire to see him do a purifying work in our lives until that time? So the promise by Jesus, they shall see God comes to those who are given undivided hearts toward Jesus, which happens as we experience what Jesus taught in verses 1 through 7 in his happiness teachings here, the blessed teachings, the Beatitudes. Allowing God to do a work in and through us, God is the one who purifies the heart. And the instrument with which he cleanses it is faith. And the cleansing is getting rid of all the competition against him in our hearts. And then when we see him, We see him presently at work, and we will see him in this kingdom. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God.